like that. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this Monday edition of the Logan Blackman Show. And welcome, one and all, to the year 2022. Let's give a big round of applause for 2022. Yeah, let's go, let's go. Big round of applause for 2022. We have had a lot of things happen over this, uh, ever since the last show we've done. Logan Blackburn show has been so long since we've done one. It was, it was last year. <laughs> oh my goodness. I have missed this. And it's also, it's kind of weird that the only, the only thing I have not really missed uh, while doing the Logan Blackman show is kind of a, I, I don't know, I guess you could call it kind of lazy on my part. My least favorite thing to do for this show is come up with the description for each episode. That is the shortest thing that I have to do for an episode of the Logan Blackman Show, and yet, every single time, I hate it. I hate it with every fiber of my being. I don't know why, because I, I would be willing to bet it takes a grand total, plus upload time, about three minutes. I think that's about as long as it is. And the, each description is about... I don't know, I guess I've never really calculated how many words are each in description. Or in each description, I should say. I would guess it's somewhere between like 70 and 80 words. Which, in the grand scheme of things, is not a lot. Because in, when you're in school, the shortest papers, at least that I had to write, because I was a communications major, so we had to write a lot of papers, was about 150 words. And that was really short. This is less than... <laughs> when we're talking about 70 words, we're less than half of what we were doing for a short essay. And I... Just for some idiotic reason, cannot find... <laughs> I don't know. I really don't know. But it's nice to be back. It is nice to be back hosting Logan Lyman Show. Before we get in to the meat and potatoes of today's episode, make sure you are following the Logan Blackman Show on all forms of social media. Twitter is Logan underscore Blackman, a very original Twitter name, I should say so myself. It I don't know if I've ever actually said this on the show or not, but my original Twitter handle was Thundersnow811. And I've been on Twitter, I don't really remember how long, about seven years probably. I don't remember how long I've been on, maybe less than that, probably six. Probably six years, because I remember the first time I ever got on Twitter, Iowa was doing spring practices at Valley Stadium in West Des Moines. And my dad was like, oh Logan, you can get all your sports updates on Twitter. That's where a lot of people, a lot of outlets post all their social media, or a lot of their resources, and a lot of their reports that they have out there. So yeah, okay, because this was in the offseason that, it was the post-James Vandenberg era at Iowa. So, probably sophomore year of high school. I don't remember the year exactly. It was sophomore or junior year of high school. And, yeah. Because the, the battle was between Jake Rudolph, Cody Sokol, and C.J. Beathard. And it's, it was a very weird time. Because the year before, the Iowa Hawkeyes went 3-9 and nine or 4-8. and eight Because, again, I kind of blacked that year out. That year is so far out of my memory banks. I don't like talking about it. Because it was the worst year I've ever seen Iowa play, apart from a year they actually did better. They went 6-6, six and six, but that was the Jake Christensen year when they lost to Western Michigan on senior day. And this isn't like P.J. Fleck Western Michigan. No, 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 no. Well, it might have been. I guess I don't know how long P.J. Fleck was coaching Western Michigan. Either way, Iowa should not be losing the Mac schools. And they've done that. They've, they've lost to Central Michigan before. So I would just tell Iowa, let's stay away from the Michigan schools apart from Michigan and Michigan State, because, you know, you had to play them in conference in the past few times to play those teams. It's been pretty nice. Not going to lie. It's been pretty nice, apart from, you know, apart from winning the Big Ten Championship game. Both of them. So we're going to X those ones out. We're talking about regular season here. 
because the last two times, the only times Iowa's been in the Big Ten Championship game since it's been this 14-team league, Iowa got shit stomped 42-3 by Michigan, and I kind of forgot the score of the Michigan State game. All I remember was LJ Scott scored the touchdown. I tried to black out everything, and Tavon Smith scored an awesome touchdown. It was beautiful. But good Lord, what a time fly! How time flies. Thundersnow 811 is dead and buried, thankfully. And I got that because I believe the Cleveland Indians, now the Cleveland Guardians, had Aaron White, former Hawkeye basketball player, throw out the first pitch of the game. And they said, welcome, Thundersnow. Which I thought was just the, it's just the darndest thing. I've never heard that name before. And I was like, hey, you know what? I'm really white as well. I will name my Twitter account Thundersnow811. Eight was my soccer number. And 11 is my birthday, November 11th, 1111. So I was just like, ah, that works out. And then as you get older and you're starting to get recruited in college to play sports and you see all these accounts, like different teams tweeting out your username, like make sure you go and follow our latest hopeful commit at Thundersnow811. It's like, ugh, you know what? We're going to change that to something we hope is more professional. And I don't know how I managed to score Logan underscore Blackman. Now I am aware that Logan Blackman is not necessarily the most common name in the world. It's not like we're talking about Mark Smith or something where you could probably find a billion Mark Smith. That'd be kind of crazy. A seventh of the entire population on earth is named Mark Smith. That would be kind of ridiculous if that was a thing. But that's the Twitter account. Then we got Instagram Logan, or no, Blackman Logan is the Instagram account. The Logan Blackman Show 1 is the show's account, so make sure you're following both. Facebook page is The Logan Blackman Show. Just go search that and should pop up. Give it a like. And while you're at it, go subscribe to the YouTube channel, search the same thing. And since you're already listening to it now, make sure you are subscribed and or following the Apple Podcast and or the Spotify account. Make sure on Apple Podcast you give us a rating out of five stars. I would greatly appreciate it. And while we're on the topic, kind of loosely on the topic of Iowa football, Iowa just lost in the Citrus Bowl to Kentucky. This was a bad bowl season for the Iowa, the big two, and we're talking about the FBS colleges for Iowa. Iowa State lost to Clemson, and Iowa loses to Kentucky in the same exact stadium, in the exact same city, a few days apart. Iowa State lost to Clemson on December 29th, I believe, and Iowa lost to Kentucky on December on January 1st in 2022. So a whole year later. But goodness gracious, this offense sucks. And since it was on a bowl game, a lot of people like just in general, like watching bowl games. Okay, it's something that a lot of people just go, oh, there's a bowl game on. Let's watch it. Like, you wouldn't think you would sit down and watch, like, what, Nevada versus Western Michigan, but you did. Now, I was doing it from a quote-unquote draft expert analysis, even though Romeo Dubs, Cole Turner, or and Carson Strong did not play in the game. They had a quarterback whose name was Cox, who was six foot nine. Now, I'm no rocket scientist here. Something tells me dude's not actually 6'9", because when you're filling out your programs, programs are not, like, scientifically accurate measurements for everybody. The coaches email you, or in high school, they just point, like, ask you of what's your height and what's your weight. And in high school, we were given, like, a a two-inch range for height and then about 10 to 20 pounds weight difference, which is kind of ridiculous. That's either or, like, going up or down. In college, I just got an email and said, hey, How much do you weigh? What's your height? Now, you could bet your ass, if I'm anywhere close to six foot nine, yet I'm not, and my last name's Cox, I'm changing my height to six foot nine. Dude's probably six seven. But he wanted to go, you know, he's sitting with his buddies in his college dorm because as a former college person, college kid, 
I know how college kids think, especially college boys. If you have the opportunity to be, say, you're six foot nine with the last name Cox, damn right you're going to do it. Doesn't matter how mature it is or not. Because I'd be willing to bet he's not actually six foot nine. I'd be willing to bet that. I think he's shorter. Not like a lot shorter. I'm not saying he's like six foot three or something. But man, it just doesn't add up. There's no way that's right. If not, that is the greatest coincidence of all freaking time. Dude's name's Cox is six foot nine, just on a chance. Just on a whim. That's ridiculous. It would have been funny if his name was Dick <laughs> Richard Cox and he was six foot nine. Dick Cox, six foot nine. Yeah, we know where it's all about informational, informative, and serious content here on the Logan Blackman show. But bowl games, back to the original talking point, bowl games are something that most people just kind of sit around and go, hey, let's watch it. So more people are watching, unfortunately, I should add, watching the Iowa versus Kentucky game. And more people on Twitter are getting more vocal that aren't just Iowa fans about the Iowa-Kentucky game. And one thing that stood out to me and has stood out to me for the entire season and should have stood out to most Iowa fans up to this point, the quarterback situation is not great. And I would like to stress this because it seems like people on Twitter that are coming to the defense of Spencer Petras are coming from the side of, he's a good person. Spencer Petras, nice guy. He does all of his interviews. He helps out the children's hospital. He's a great leader. I'm not bashing Petras' character. If you're bashing Petras' character based on how good of a quarterback he is, then you're probably very stupid. I, I don't really know how to help you with that. I'm not sitting here and Spencer, saying Spencer Petras sucks because I think he's a terrible person. No, 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 no. I say he sucks because he's not a good quarterback. And then there's also the target audience that goes, oh, well, Logan, you should go. If you think he sucks, you should try and go fill his shoes. No, I'm not saying that I would be better than him. I'm not saying that at all. But looking at the level that he is playing at, there has to be better options. There has to be. Go into the freaking transfer portal and take one of the quarterbacks because they're slowly losing all the quarterbacks. One of the quarterbacks at Florida is leaving. It's going to be either Emory Jones or Anthony Richardson. Iowa, they're one of their greatest seasons ever of the 21st century, the Kirk Ferentz era, was in the early 2000s when they pulled a quarterback out of UCF named Brad Banks. Brad Banks should have won the Heisman. Iowa should have gone to the national championship and got shit stomped by Miami, but no, they didn't. They go and instead and got shit stomped by USC in the Orange Bowl. It's a little different. <laughs> I mean, still, the result stayed the same, but uh, yeah, the, the, the team was different. The team would have been different. I, I'm not sitting here and critiquing this person. This Peter, oh, man, look what he did here. He didn't wave to the children's hospital, which he didn't for a little bit. When I was at the Iowa-Indiana game, I decided to leave that under wraps. I'm not going to sit here and bash his character because he didn't wave for the first 15 seconds of the wave thing at Iowa. But he's just not good. Padilla is just not good. And this is like, this 10-win season is always coming back on, this is the offensive coordinator that got you 10 wins. This is the quarterback that got you 10 wins. No, the defense got them 10 wins. Iowa had scored two touchdowns in 14 quarters. Two touchdowns. It was amazing that this Iowa team scored a touchdown. The offense scored a touchdown. 14 quarters. Two touchdowns. That is insane. And people on Twitter, there was one guy, and I agree 100% with this take. 
10-win season is not a failure for Iowa. That being said, this might be the most frustrating 10-win season of all time. The offense, with how bad it was, was atrocious. It didn't help that you didn't have Tyler Goodson or Keegan Johnson this game. Keegan Johnson apparently, I don't know why I laughed at this, but Keegan Johnson apparently has like appendicitis, appendicitis or something like that, which is not ideal. And knock on wood, I never get that because I've heard it's very painful. And I also saw the other thing he might have is a kidney stone. So, knock on wood for that as well. I don't know which one's more painful. I guess they'd have to do a poll or something. Which one's worse, kidney stone or appendicitis? I just don't want either. I, I just want to stay, stay clear of both of those things. Either way, Keegan Johnson is not going to have a next fun couple weeks. I'll just put it like that. Keegan Johnson is not going to be loving his life for a little bit. But man, those two would not have really changed the fact that Petrus overthrew almost every single receiver. There was one, I think it was Nico Gregani, was what we call in the business wide-ass open and overthrew him by about 10 yards. No one within 10 yards of him on either side. Thankfully, the ball went out of bounds because it might have been picked off and he would have thrown four interceptions in the game. Like People that defend this style of play pissed me off. And we talked about this after the Michigan game as well about people coming to the defense, rushing to the defense, a Brian Ferentz, a Spencer Petrus. No, why? And it always comes from the same side of people that are like, this is a team, we should support this team, we're not going to say anything bad about this team ever. What? So when your friends do something stupid, do you just go around and go, I support you 100%. You don't call them out for being stupid? You just sit there and be yes men and yes women to them? That's not how this works. The worst type of people to be around are yes men. You can critique your team when they're not performing to the level of what they should. The offense is worse than Kansas's. That's how bad we're talking right now. It's atrocious. And it doesn't all just fall back on Petrus. The O-line is not the best O-line Iowa's had over the recent history. The receivers, are they the greatest? Eh, they could be better. Like, if you had the receivers with this Carter back last year, oh, man, you would have a different story. Oh, wait. Brandon Smith and Amir Smith-Marset, one of the best receiving cores Iowa's had. Ugh. And Petrus didn't play well last year. And I was told he was only bad because of COVID. That's the only reason I heard he was bad last year. Because you know what he never did last year? Never took Brandon Smith and Amir Smith-Marset outside and go, you know what, let's throw some passes. Let's run some routes. They only do that in practice. It's, a, it's actually a historically known fact that that's all they did. Never worked out separately. No, 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 no. They never did that. And it's also historically well-known. Spencer Peters was not in this system his first two years at Iowa. No, he was a completely different one. Oh, wait. Let me check my notes real quick. Oh, actually, that's actually, you know, historically wrong. I should have I checked my notes here. Uh, Spencer Peters has been in the same system for the past now four years and had one of the best receiving cores in Iowa history last year. But uh, you remember he was bad because only, only because of COVID. Not because, you know, he's got happy feet in the pocket. Not because he overthrows every single receiver. Not because of the fact he can't move. And I'm not saying get a Lamar Jackson or Malik Cunningham style of quarterback here. I'm not saying that. But just something. 
something different. And we were listening to the radio after Iowa lost to Kentucky yesterday, and they were talking about, you know, the last time Iowa had 11 wins, they got Brad Banks at quarterback, which I understand the point they were trying to make, but it's not right. I mean, I guess it's kind of right because they won 12 games with C.J. Beathard. They didn't technically win 11. They went 12-2. and two. That was the year they got shit-stomped by Chris McCaffrey in the Rose Bowl. C.J. Beathard, mobile quarterback, tough as nails, one of the best quarterbacks in Iowa history. The other 11-win season that they just forgot to mention was when Iowa went to the Orange Bowl against Georgia Tech with Ricky Stanzi at quarterback, who's not the most mobile quarterback in the world, but he's more mobile than Petrus, which I guess isn't really saying a lot. It's like saying Usain Bolt would beat a toddler in a 100-meter dash. You kind of expect it at this point. And Badia looks a little more mobile than Petrus, but he doesn't have that good of an arm at all. I think every single ball he threw was wobbly. And again, I'm not bashing these guys in their character. Before I get the the Warriors coming to defend Petrus, I'm not bashing him as a person, which is the take that everybody seems to have. If you're bashing Petrus as a quarterback, that means you're bashing his character. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. I don't know Spencer Petrus personally. I don't know him at all. But I can watch, and my eyes tell me he's not very good. And I might not have played at the highest level for the quarterback position. I know how to scout it. I know what a good quarterback is. I know what a bad one is. Spencer Petras is not a good quarterback. It's not working. And he said he's coming back next year, which is good. Fine, come back. It's going to be his last year at Iowa. Now, if they somehow some way, miraculously, take a quarterback from the transfer portal and place him in as the starting quarterback, that would be beautiful. But they're not going to do it. I'm trying to manifest Emory Jones coming to Iowa. He got recruited by Ohio State, so he's been in the Midwest before. I'm trying to manifest it. Will it happen? Probably not, but, you know, one can dream. And I'm not saying Emory Jones is the greatest quarterback of all time, because he's not. He's very consistent. But when he's on, he's way better than Spencer Petras ever could dream of being at this point. Now, I know when he was leaving high school, this is the guy that got this got yammed down every Iowa fan's throat and every single Iowa fan, person in the state of Iowa, Iowa, Iowa State, you and I, Drake, whatever fandom you have, this got rammed down your throat that he broke all of Jared Goff's high school passing records. Yeah, Jared Goff, number one overall pick, Jared Goff. Jared Goff that went to a Super Bowl with the Rams, Jared Goff. Jared Goff that got a massive contract in the NFL, Jared Goff. Not, 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 I don't, I don't, I don't, is this the same person? I think we got bamboozled here. And to make matters worse, the quarterback that Spencer Peters apparently took the con- the scholarship from to come to Iowa was a little-known guy named Zach Wilson who was about ready to come to Iowa before Spencer took it. Zach Wilson, you know, former number two overall pick, started with the New York Jets, Heisman finalist, like, it's all yada, 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 you know, all that, you know, the whole nine yards thing, and you know it. But it's just not good. It's not good at all. That game yesterday sucked. And it wasn't even like it was a blowout or anything. The game just sucked. It was a miserable game. It was awful. I don't even remember what the final score is. I kind of blacked out for a certain portion of it. 20 to 17. It's like, good freaking Lord. And then Kentucky, their two best players, Chris Rodriguez and Wondell Robinson, did whatever they wanted. Chris Rodriguez averaged 5.4 yards a carry. Wondell Robinson had 170 yards receiving, averaged 17 yards per catch. 
Will Levis threw an interception. I mean, he's throwing interceptions. I think he's thrown 13 interceptions this season. Yeah, so he's averaging an interception every single game. So that, that wasn't really a surprise to me. I think Will Levis is a fun quarterback to watch. He's a freaking tank. But man, they stunk. They This game was awful. Every sense of the word. And I, the funny take that I've seen on Twitter is that Brian Ferentz has more plays drawn up to go a yard short of the first down marker than any coach in college football or NFL history. It's not working. Nothing is working here. The offense reeks. And some people on Twitter, like we talked about earlier, were like, oh man, they missed someone like Tyler Goodson. And Tyler Goodson, if you don't remember, opted out right before the bowl game. And I would like to say this, because it's a different talking point to a certain extent, because we're not going to keep bashing on the Iowa Hawkeyes. But it's something that gets, it's kind of a, a hot button issue in college football nowadays with players either A, opting in or opting out of the bowl game, depending on their level of draft stock. And Tyler Goodson, by all accounts, is not going to be the first running back off the board or even the fifth running back off the board, if we're being 100% honest here. But running back shelf life in the NFL, just in football in general, is very short. It's very short. Todd Gurley was the best running back in the NFL for about two years and is out of the NFL after about six years. He's not on a team. The last time I saw Todd Gurley doing anything was on college game day. When Georgia and Alabama met for the college for the uh, SEC championship game, it was the last time I saw Todd Gurley, and first time all season. Running back shelf life is short, so do I care that Tyler Goodson opted out to go to the NFL? No, if he was gonna go, this is the time to go. Tyler Goodson is a very good running back, one of the best running backs of the 21st century for the University of Iowa. Awesome from all accounts, seems like an awesome person. And a lot of people on Twitter, not just at Tyler Goodson, but are bashing players for opting out of the bowl games. And Kurt Kerbstreet had a very odd take around it. That's not really odd. I guess you see it everywhere. But he said, players who don't play in the bowl games don't love football. They don't love football. First off, and this is something that I thought was really funny on Twitter, ESPN should just play a broadcast of a game without any commercials for the love of football. They don't love football because they're getting paid to do this. They don't love it. What the hell do these college kids owe any of us? Okay? If they opt out, good on them. If they stay in, good on them as well. I'm never going to bash a player for opting in or opting out of a bowl game. Whatever is in the player's best interest, do it. I'm all for it. Like Brees Hall opted out of the bowl game. Rightly so. He is going to be the first running back taken in the 2022 NFL Draft. I'm perfectly okay with that. Kenny Pickett opted out of the bowl game for Pitt. They lost to Michigan State. Kenny Pickett didn't play. And I saw people bashing Kenny Pickett on Twitter. I understand completely. Kenny Pickett's going to be the first quarterback off the board in the draft, maybe second. It just kind of depends on your take on that. I have no issue with players opting out. And what we saw last night in the Ole Miss versus Baylor game is why some players do opt out of bowl games. Matt Corral against Baylor, one of the toughest players in all of college football, regardless of position. Matt Corral's awesome. I love Matt Corral. Love his leadership, toughness, athletic ability. It's awesome. All there. He had a hurt ankle against Baylor. How serious? I don't know. I guess I haven't really seen anything today about Matt Corral's ankle, but it took him out of the game. He was on crutches for the rest of the game. Matt Corral said before the game, he was never even thinking of opting out of the game, even though he's going to be the first or second quarterback taken in the 2022 NFL draft. 
And I respect that 100%. If I was in that situation, would I opt out? Probably not. But the problem is, I'm not in that situation. I don't have millions of dollars coming towards me in both NIL deals and NFL draft money. Because first round draft picks make a lot of money. And the higher you're drafted, the more money you make. And especially at the quarterback position. The most important position on the football field is the quarterback position. So your health is priority number one. And you can be the toughest dude ever. If you keep getting hurt, your stock as a starter in the NFL is going to go down. Am I bashing Matt Corral for playing in the game? No, not at all. Doesn't surprise me that Matt Corral played in the game. With what I can tell Matt Corral is as a person, I'm not shocked at all that he played. Do I think he regrets playing in the game after getting hurt? No, I don't think he regrets it at all. He's got a lot of time. The combine will take place in what, March? Late February, early March? He's got time. The draft's not until late April, early May. He's got time to get healthy. I don't think Matt Corral will be hurt by that. Now, there are extreme examples like Jalen Smith destroyed his knee, fell to the second round. Willis McGahee destroyed his knee. Now, he was drafted in the first round, but it hurts. Players see that and go, I don't want to play. And I understand completely. Now, also with the take on bowl games about these being meaningless games, to some they might be meaningless. Some, they might be, I don't know what you want to call it, lost their value, I guess you could say, with how many bowl games there are nowadays. But the players will play it. Like the South Carolina versus North Carolina game. South Carolina won the game. I can't remember what player it was. He was number five. I don't remember what his name was. Start crying after the game. If you can play football, you'll do it. If you want if you want to play football, you'll do it. And it means a lot. This is the last game of the year. Some people's last game they'll ever play in football because honestly, the harsh reality of it, not every player will make the NFL. Not, not Barely any. There's a very small percentage of players that make the NFL. And if they do make the NFL, whether it's on get drafted, sign as a free agent, whatever, the average lifespan of an NFL career is like two years. Because I know when, like, when we look at it as fans, you see like Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees that play forever. Those are anomalies here. Like, you know how many players are in the NFL? There's 53 players per team. Okay? That's just active roster. There is hundreds of players on each team right after the draft. There is a lot of players that are on the draft that they will not play any more football after that offseason. Countless times. Jason White, Heisman Trophy winner at Oklahoma, never played a single down in the NFL because he had bad knees, but never played a single down in the NFL. NFL careers are short, and if a player wants to opt out because they fear of getting hurt in the bowl game, fine, understand it. Now, I think the situation's twisted a little bit if you're playing in a national championship. If you have an opportunity to play in a national championship, I think the decision's already made for you. I don't really see any player opting out of a national championship game. But a player opting out of, let's say, like the Dukes-Mayo Bowl, I, would, I wouldn't look twice at it. The only game I'd really go like, oh, I probably shouldn't have done that, is the national championship game. But like Ohio State, they had some crazy number of players opt out. Like just off the top of my head, Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, Nicholas Petit-Ferrer all opted out of the bowl game against Utah in the Rose Bowl, and they balled out. One of the greatest college football games you'll ever watch. Ohio State was down early and came back to win the game and Jackson Smith and Jigba has over 300 yards receiving, <laughs> C.J. Stroud has six passing touchdowns. Marvin Harrison Jr., son of Hall of Famer Marvin Harrison, who played for the Colts, 
had three receiving touchdowns in the game too. This game was freaking awesome. It was all over the place. It was 35-21 to 21 Utah at halftime. And then Cam Rising gets hurt, the starting quarterback for Utah. They have a freshman quarterback come in and lead them down the field and throws a touchdown to tie the game up at 45. Do you think the Ohio State players were mad that Nicholas Petit Ferreira, that Chris Olave, that Garrett Wilson all opted out of the game? No. They understand where they're coming from. They all are possible first-round draft picks, two more than the other. Like, Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson are almost, like, guaranteed to be first-rounders. Nicholas Petit Ferreira is about uh, 60% chance to be a first-round draft pick, I'd say. If I had to guess, I think he's going to be up there. But it'll be, it'll be an interesting thing to see where he goes in the draft. But yeah, it's a huge talking point nowadays. Players opting in, opting out of bowl games. Everybody has their own take on it. It's kind of the same people that go with the NIL thing about how players shouldn't get paid. And it's not like they're getting contracts. Now, I know there's probably some under-the-table stuff that's going on still because that's just what college football has been throughout its history. Like, college football, players have never been unpaid. Regardless if you look at it as a scholarship or just taking money under the table, every college player makes money at some point. Now it's legal. <laughs> so, that is, like, it's now just legalized. They were already making all this money. Did you notice after the NIL thing got passed that all these players announced they had multiple NIL deals? They didn't just get all of those right when the deal passed. They already had them, but now they could come out and say, hey, look at my NIL deals I have. It's the same thing. College football is changing. College football is changing. And I hate the take that these guys just don't love football. That is a stupid-ass take because that's the same thing that they said about the NIL thing. You hate football. You don't love football. There's no passion in the sport anymore. There's no passion. Watch the South Carolina versus North Carolina game. Watch the Ohio State versus Utah game. Watch those games and then go, oh, there's no passion in football anymore. There is. People are just refusing to look at it for whatever reason they have. If you want to opt out, go ahead. If you want to stay and play, go ahead. These players know they owe nothing to you, the random fan. Oh, nothing. So I'm tired of seeing these kids don't love football. Because that's stupid. They're looking out for what's best for them in their future. And I agree 100%. Because if you were in the same boat, you would do the same thing. What's best for me in my future? If I'm a possible first-round draft pick, and I'm a running back, I'm opting out. I'm not playing the bowl game. If I'm a star running back, I'm not playing. So with Brees Hall, with Tyler Goodson, don't play. Don't care. Not going to hate on you at all. Do what is best for you. And that is how I look at this. And I'm tired of people seeing people like that have the platform to say that it's stupid. Like Kirk Herbstreit. I like Kirk Herbstreit. I'm not saying anything really bad about Kirk Herbstreit. I, I just think this take is stupid. Again, I'm not bashing him as a person. I'm bashing his stupid take. Like I'm not bashing Petrus as a person. I'm bashing his bad play how this works <laughs> just because you're a fan does not mean you can't criticize get mad the people that you get the most mad at are the people that you love the most get mad at your team like the bills today they beat the falcons 29 to 15 they won by double digits they won by 14 points yeah there was times you wouldn't have thought that josh allen threw three interceptions two of them got tipped but still three interceptions rushed for two touchdowns in the game as well but frustrating game they were up 14 to 12 at halftime that's not what you want. You're playing the freaking Falcons. And on a side note, 
fact that the Falcons got seven wins is kind of ridiculous with how bad they've been at random portions of the season. I don't know how the hell that team has seven wins. <laughs> I don't, I do not know. But hey, Bills got the dub. So that's all that matters. They clinched the playoff spot. Now they got next week against the Jets to clinch the division, which will be awesome. They'll be taking on the five seed, which at this point in the time is the New England Patriots, who won their game against the Jaguars, like 50-something to 10. Stupid. But, man, the funniest thing, though, like there, I could talk about, I, there's really nothing to talk about with the Bills game. Bills won 29-15. to 15. There's not a whole hell of a lot to talk about. Like, what? Josh threw three picks. Not great interceptions. Not a great game for Josh, which I'm upset that I decided to do a show this week and not last week because Josh played his freaking ass off against the Patriots. Had one of the best games of his career this week. He doesn't play very well. And the Dome Brigade is out and very strong for the Bills' new stadium because of the snow. And I saw something. I didn't want to kind of – I kind of forgot about this till right now. But there was somebody that said, why can't Josh Allen win MVP because he doesn't have a Dome State? He can't win an MVP because he plays outside? Huh. That's an interesting-ass take he got there. Do I, will Josh Allen's numbers be better in a dome all the time? Maybe. We don't know. I like the home field advantage aspect of having to play outside. You get to take these teams from down south, play in warm weather all the time, and you get to kick the shit out of them in cold weather. It's beautiful. It's a sport of football. <laughs> but I don't care. If you want a dome, fine. I don't want one. But that's, I, I, again, not making a decision for it. But... Josh Allen winning MVP has nothing to do with the Bills playing outside. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry because I'm trying. Let's let's look at this. So, NFL MVPs. I want to look back and see the last MVP, last quarterback that won MVP that played inside. So you got Rodgers, Lamar, Mahomes, Brady, Matt Ryan. Okay, Matt Ryan's the first one. That was 2016. So we have four MVPs before that. Then Cam Newton, Rodgers again, Manning, Adrian Pierce. That's a running back. That isn't really. We're not. That's not counting for this. Uh, this thing we're doing. Then we got Rodgers again, Brady, Manning, Manning when he was on the Colts, Brady, Sean Alexander, Brady, or Manning, Manning and Steve McNair, Rich Gannon, and then Kurt Warner. So in that time frame for those quarterbacks from 2020, 2000, geez, 2001 to 2020, we have one, two, three quarterbacks that have one MVP playing in domes. And in that, we also have the last four quarterbacks play in predominantly cold weather. When the season gets later, you're playing in cold weather. Rodgers, Lamar, Mahomes, Brady. Now, I know Maryland's not the coldest state in the world, but it gets pretty cold in the winter. It's not like we're down in South Florida and Miami. So the argument that Josh Allen can't win an MVP because he plays outside is very stupid. <laughs> I don't. That was the first point he had on his tweet. Doesn't make any sense. No MVP has ever won playing outside. It's football. We were born playing football outside. You didn't play football inside. You didn't play in a dome. You play outside. Because that's where football is meant to be played. I don't care if you play in a dome. That's fine. You're prerogative. But hey, <laughs> I'm taking my dome team. Now let's look at uh, Super Bowls. When's the last Super Bowl team that won that had a dome? Let's look at this one too. I'm going to guess it's the Rams, but I really don't know. The last Super Bowl champions. Hold on. Where's the Super Bowl champions here? Gotta go to 2021 first. Raymond James Stadium hosted 2021. There we go. 2021. So we have the Bucks. Eh, play outside. But they're down south. The Chiefs. Play outside. The Patriots. Famously play outside. The Eagles. 
famously play outside. The Patriots famously play outside. The Broncos famously play outside. Then we got the Patriots again, like we just said, famously play outside. Then we got the Seahawks outside. Then we got the Bro- the Ravens outside. Then we got the Giants outside. Then we've got the the Packers outside in Green Bay, nonetheless. Then we got the Saints. Okay, so the last Super Bowl team that won in a dome is the Saints in 2010. <laughs> so them winning a Super Bowl has nothing to do with playing in a dome either because the only other one that I can think of before that, so we got the Steelers again, is the Colts. And then we got the Giants. And then the year before that, then there's the Colts. And then before that, we've got the Steelers again. Then before that, we've got the Patriots. Then before that, we've got uh, the Patriots. And then before that, we've got the Bucks. And then before that, we've got the Patriots. And then before that, we have the Ravens. And then before that, you have the Rams. So, again, much like MVP, three since 2000 <laughs> have won Super Bowls while playing in a dome. So the fact that you think the Bills can't win a Super Bowl because they play in a, don't play in a dome is also stupid, okay? Home field advantage matters. A lot of these teams are cold-weather teams. Multiple times, I said the Steelers, the Ravens, and the Patriots, and the Packers. I, I said all the Packers once, but those are in the Giants. Those are all up north teams. They play outside and in cold weather. So the dome thing, miss me with that. Don't care. The points for the dome, other than fan enjoyment, that's it. That's the only that's the only thing I see with the dome. Fans. The Vikings haven't been to a Super Bowl since they built a dome. So you want that? <laughs> the Vikings, Vikings were dominant. They went to four Super Bowls with Bud Grant. All playing outside. They're freaking hype video before games is all outside (laughs) while they're playing a dome. They have fake snow fall from the rafters. Good Lord. Most of those teams that we just said, apart from the Saints, what's the other team that we said downside? The Bucks. Most of them play up north. Most of them play outside. So the Super Bowl thing also doesn't make sense (laughs) because it's not historically accurate. So whatever, I don't know. They play the Super Bowls in domes, okay? You want to, you want Buffalo to host a Super Bowl? That ain't ever happening. <laughs> I love I love the city of Buffalo. Buffalo hosting a Super Bowl will not happen. It's like Iowa hosting a bowl game. It won't happen. As much as I would love to see Kinnick Stadium or Jack Trice Stadium filled for a bowl game, it ain't never happening. Never happening. I, I hope I'm wrong about that because I would love to see a bowl game in the state of Iowa, but the the... The dome thing for the Bills, the arguments that people make for it, the only one that really makes sense is fan enjoyment. That's about it. Because fans want to be warm. That's about it. That's about it. And the equal playing thing, I mean, you're playing in the same weather conditions, so STFU. Like, okay, screw off. And someone else that got told to screw off today, and the best moment of today was Antonio Brown. Now, for those of you who are unaware of Antonio Brown, he's a pretty cool guy. Antonio Brown top-tier human being. Antonio Brown, one of my favorite people of all time, famously rejected the trade to the Buffalo Bills a few years ago. I'll never, ever, ever forget that night because if they got Antonio Brown, they wouldn't have gotten Stephon Diggs. So I'm ever grateful for Antonio Brown being an absolute asshat and a dickhead about turning down that trade. The trade happened at like 9.30 or 10 o'clock. I was sitting in the living room of our house up in Cedar Falls 
my friend Andrew is sitting across from me, and he likes Antonio Brown. I don't know if that's, <laughs> that opinion has changed since, you know, the recent events, but you never know. You never know. But I was like, dude, dude, they just, I sprinted downstairs. I was screaming. I'm not going to scream here because, you know, I'm a professional. So we walked down. I sprint downstairs. I almost said walk, sprint downstairs. And I called my dad about five times. He's asleep. Five times. He finally answered, Ugh. Then I'm talking to him like, dad, 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 I'm talking about like I'm 100 miles an hour here. The Bills just traded for Antonio Brown, one of the best receivers in the NFL. For years, it was the conversation of who's better between him and Julio is the best receiver in the NFL. And the Bills got him. Buffalo Bills got Antonio Brown. And we talked for about an hour, an hour and a half. And as the night went on, it progressively started looking like, ah, this trade ain't happening. <laughs> this trade is not happening. Because the more and more it went on, the more reports came out and said Antonio Brown pretty much said F off with that trade. And then eventually he got traded to the Raiders. Much, much better atmosphere there in Las Vegas. Or in that, then in Oakland. Much better place to go. And then the things that happened in Oakland were the frozen feet thing. He got frostbite on his feet. Uh, the hot air balloon to practice. Calling Mike Mayock a cracker. <laughs> that... And then, unsurprisingly, getting cut before the season started. And then he wanted it to happen. He he manifested. He didn't ever want to go to the Raiders. He's too big brain for that. He wanted to get cut and seen as an asshat because he wanted to go play for the Patriots. And then proceeded to play one game and get cut. <laughs> he, got, he played against the Dolphins, got cut because of sexual misconduct, with his, I don't know if they're still together, but his wife at the time. And then, after getting cut from the Patriots, you know what innocent people do? You know what all innocent people do? Say, well, he did the same thing and did get in trouble for it. Because Robert Kraft, as you know, as at least I would assume most of you know, got the whole uh, rub and tug thing at the, the, the massage parlor. Got a happy ending at a massage parlor. Remember that whole situation? So he posted on Twitter... All the screenshots from the different reports that happened. Because that's what you know, that's what innocent people do. That is what innocent people do. And then we see the infamous picture with him in the in the, the courtroom with like the jacket on, the handcuffs. And then it seems like, oh man, he wants to go back and play football. And he goes, Tom Brady wanted him. Tom Brady has been in his corner the entire time. And Tom Brady wants him to come to Tampa. And he goes and wins the Super Bowl. And then earlier this year, we're like, oh, we're seeing this, we're seeing the old Antonio Brown. He's balling out. It seems like he's left the past behind him. And then to quote John Madden, the late great John Madden, BAM! We're hit with he's got a fake vax card. <laughs> and then committing a federal crime at this point. And then after that, we're like, okay, smooth sailing from here out. Maybe we'll get that he's gonna blow past, say sorry, whatever, and move on. And then today happened. Today. On January 2nd, 2022. To quote freaking... Oh, wow. Chris Berman for the 93 draft that this is a day that will live in infamy. Now, it's not. that's not where the quote came from, but that's, how, that's what the... To keep it in football realms, we'll keep it like that. And... Antonio Brown apparently gets told to go in by head coach Bruce Arians, who apparently has a ruptured Achilles, which I don't know how the hell that happened, but Bruce Arians ruptured Achilles. Sick. 
And so Antonio Brown is standing there and just says, nah, no, I'm good. No, I don't want to go in. I don't really want to go in. And then Bruce Arians like, okay, F off, leave, don't care. So then Antonio Brown does, you know, the most on-brand Antonio Brown thing ever, rips off his shoulder pads, yams them to the ground, and then proceeds to take off his undershirt, throw it in the crowd, and then take off his gloves and throw them in the crowd, and then proceed to hype up the end zone in the most Antonio Brown fashion ever. Now, <laughs> unsurprisingly, at least to me it's pretty unsurprising, he's not a member of the Bucks anymore. Now, you can't officially release someone on Sunday, so we'll have to wait for Monday, which you guys will hear the show at this point, to know if he's actually got released. He ain't ever playing for the Bucks again. He's not even on the flight home. There was a picture of him circulating on Twitter of him waiting for an Uber outside of MetLife Stadium. He ain't ever, and I mean, I would be shocked if he ever played another down in the NFL. And he's going to plead all these cases to make everybody think he's actually a good person when all these things mean and point to that he's a total asshat. Him and Le'Veon Bell, two of the most talented players we have ever had in the NFL. And I'm saying talented, talented players. Not saying they're the best ever players at their position. Most talent, some of the most talented players ever. Both wanted out of Pittsburgh for really weird reasons. Never actually said what they were. And Le'Veon Bell is a prime example of running back's value going down. He wanted this massive contract from the Steelers. They're like, no. He's like, okay, we're going to test free agency. Steelers offer him a contract. And then he signed with the Jets for less money than what he was going to get from the Steelers. But he wanted more money than what the Steelers were offering. And then he signed with the Jets. The Jets. I don't know what the thought problem. And we, on the Logan Blackman show, we said the Jets were the most likely candidate for him. They were going to spend money. They were going to be the team that takes Le'Veon Bell to New Jersey. And they did, and it didn't work out. And then now, he's on Twitter with... I, this is so funny because I used to really like Le'Veon Bell as a player. Never went on and said he was a great person because he's hanging out with a dude named LeGarrette Blunt and gets caught for smoking weed, misses drug tests and all that stuff. And <laughs> he went on Twitter after Jake Paul sparked Tyron Woodley out in the boxing match and went had the audacity to say, Jacob, tired of seeing people not, you fight non-boxers. Fight me instead. I'm a boxer. Le'Veon. I've said this a lot today. I didn't really think I'd say it this much on the day show. STFU, dude. And I'm not going to drop the full phrase. Just look it up if you don't understand what it means. Le'Veon Bell is the exact target that Jake Paul would fight. Tyron Woodley, though his form recently has been pretty awful, is a former UFC champion. He can fight. Le'Veon Bell, if your fighting is anything like your rap career... Because you said you could do that too. It's going to be pretty bad. And I would imagine you get sparked out just like Nate Robinson did. Nate Robinson didn't spar once. His entire camp leading up to the Jake Paul fight. I don't think the player with the motivation of Le'Veon Bell would train for this fight. Do I believe he can fight? No. What, do we, what does this tell me? He's broke as shit. <laughs> And I can laugh because he's kind of a dickhead. If he was a good person, he was broke like Mark Brunel. I like Mark Brunel. 
He was broke after his NFL career. I feel bad for him. Don't feel bad for Le'Veon Bell at all. So the next next step for Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown, after being arguably the best players in their position when they were at their primes, are going to be fighting the Paul brothers. Because Logan Paul, I don't know if you guys remember this, dropped a diss track on Antonio Brown like last year. That fight was supposed to happen. They did a whole face-off thing, and then Antonio Brown, you know, dropped a song. Uh, what was that song called? Whole Lot of Money or something like that? Terrible song. Top five worst song of all time. <laughs> it's really bad. I don't remember what the song's called because I haven't listened to it in a while. I'll have to listen to it after the show because I can't remember what it's called. And then Le'Veon called out Jake. Are we really going to have Logan Paul and Jake Paul fight Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell? This would be like a real Cleveland versus Pittsburgh type thing. Except both cities have kind of distanced themselves from both parties here. <laughs> but man, oh man, Antonio Brown's next step is in the boxing ring. He ain't going to be playing in the NFL. Or he's going to be doing the Johnny Manziel route and playing in the spring league and then playing in that weird-ass football league where the fans decided what the plays were. Do you remember? What was that league called? It was some weird... He's going to go to the XFL or USFL or something like that now. But there was that other indoor football league. that I, I, They were like the Zephyrs. I think Johnny Manziel was on the Zephyrs. I got to look this up because I can't remember what it is. But I remember I didn't watch any games because they were all on Zoom. Or not Zoom. <laughs> they're all streamed on Zoom. No, they were on... um. Twitch. What the hell is this thing called? Was it just called the fan-controlled football? FC. FCF. Fan-controlled football. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's pretty, pretty awful. I'm assuming that's going to be Antonio Brown's next step, if not into the boxing ring, to get beat up by Logan Paul or Jake Paul. <laughs> I don't care if they're former athletes, because just because you're a, for, a tier one athlete like those two were, you ain't, you didn't box. You ain't boxing. Sure, you can fight. You ain't boxing. There is a difference between fighting and boxing. Now, I would also like to state this. There's a lot of discussions around, like, boxers couldn't go. Why are all the boxers going, or all the UFC fighters going to boxing? Why does a boxer go to UFC? Well, one, the money is completely different. Boxing money is ridiculous. UFC money is nothing to compare to boxing. And then second, that take is really stupid because I think UFC is the big popular thing now where everybody goes to watch it. Me, I'm not really that invested. If my friends are watching it, I'll go just to say, hey, I'm hanging out with the boys. I'll watch some UFC fight. I cheer on Kamaru Usman because he went to William Penn. And I cheer on uh, Brian Woodley, Tyron Woodley. My coach in high school is named Brian. We call him Brian Woodley. But I don't really care that often. I'm not that emotionally invested in it. But the take that boxers couldn't bo fight in the UFC... Would you think Deontay Wilder wouldn't be able to go in the UFC? Deontay Wilder's knocking people out with about 10-ounce gloves. What is the UFC glove? What is what is that one? UFC standard glove. Standard gloves. What are they? What is the standard of this? MMA gloves. Four to six ounces. So half that. Deontay Wilder has knocked out everybody he's fought apart from Tyson Fury and one other person. I can't remember who it is. You think he's not knocking someone out with that? No one's going to want to get near him. Regardless if you want to rush him and try to take him down, anybody can get around staying on the... You don't need to be an elite boxer or an elite wrestler to be a great UFC fighter. you got to be really good at both. Or good at both. Like, Conor McGregor got knocked out by a dude that had knocked anybody out in like nine years. And Floyd Mayweather. So you're telling me, Conor McGregor, who had boxing experience... 
couldn't box Floyd Mayweather. But Floyd Mayweather, who's Connor, is not an insane wrestler, but he can box. This outcome would have been the same. Floyd Mayweather would have beaten Conor McGregor in the UFC ring because of the fact they would have they would have just boxed. Conor is not historically known as the greatest wrestler in UFC history. He got out-wrestled and killed by Khabib, pretty much. He ain't out-wrestling a lot of people in the UFC. And if they fought in the UFC ring, sure, oh, Conor would have killed him. No, he wouldn't have. He would have pro- maybe won. Maybe. But Floyd knocked him out in boxing with 10-ounce gloves. I think he's knocking him out with four. That might be a, a, a audacious take there, and people might not like it. But people, uh, the UFC fans trying to discredit boxing kind of confuse me. Like, boxing is so much more technical. You could rush in UFC and land a knee and win. Jorge Masvidal knocked out Ben Askren in about, uh, what, what was the time? 13 seconds? It was some crazy, it's the fastest knockout in UFC history. I don't remember what the, the time is. That can happen. Boxing, you got to be strategic with it. UFC, you can knock someone out like, you can do that in boxing too. But most boxers, the highest level, like Canelo's, your Terrence Crawford's, your Tyson Fury's, they'll look to close it out later. They'll figure you out, and then once they found your weakness in about the 6th, 7th round, you're done. Or whenever they flip the switch, you're done. They're not going to take you out early. UFC, you can do that. Now, I'm not saying the UFC is terrible or bad or so much worse than boxing. There's two different things. But the people that try to discredit boxing by saying UFC is so much harder, it's a stupid take. We're talking about a lot of stupid takes to me anyways today. And I like the UFC. I'm not trying to take anything. I do think their fighters are way underpaid compared to what they actually do. But that's whatever. And Jake Paul, while we're on the topic of UFC, said he'd retire from boxing and fight Jorge Masvidal in the UFC octagon if uh, there was something that you need Dana White to do something. I'm not going to go over the details with it because I honestly don't really care because... <laughs> It's Jake Paul in boxing. I don't, I don't know. Not a fan of Jake Paul. I think his promotion's really good. I think he's got everybody talking, which is what you want to do as a promoter. He wants to be the villain because people are going to tune in to watch him get knocked out. And when he wins, there's going to be some stipulation about how he's not fighting anybody, this, this, this. When most fighters, when they start boxing, aren't fighting your Terrence Crawfords, your Canelo Alvarez's, your Tyson Furies. You're not fighting these guys. You're working your way up to that. And that's what Jake's doing, but it's such on it's such it's on a huge scale that everybody takes it to go, he actually thinks he could do that. Do I think he could go out this do I think he thinks he could actually beat Canelo? No. But I think that he knows that people will click on it because oh, he's not gonna fight this guy and get knocked out. That's what's gonna happen. That's what everybody's hoping for and praying for, but it's not gonna happen. Then once we see him actually fight boxers. Like he would have with Tommy Fury, which he would have knocked out too. We'll see what happens. Because it was like, he fought Gibb. And he's on Gibb, another YouTuber. And I watch Gibb. I like Gibb. But not a, not a fighter, not an athlete. Fights an athlete. Nate Robinson knocks him out. He's not a fighter. Fights Ben Askren. Oh, he's not a boxer. Fights Tyron Woodley. Uh, Nothing. Uh, but he's not, a, he's not a boxer now. So we went from, we need an athlete, to we need a fighter, to we need a guy who can actually punch, to a boxer. <laughs> we did stipulate. So it's everything. Everything will get changed. That's just how it works with this. And he's playing the game. He's playing the game really well. And I can't wait to watch the eventual Jake Paul and Logan Paul versus Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell. And then we got here. <laughs> then someone on Twitter, speaking of Antonio Brown, let's just refresh my feed. So it's a bigger diva, Antonio Brown or Terrell Owens. Terrell Owens never did that. 
The one thing you can never question Terrell Owens on was his passion for football. Yeah, he might have gone about it differently. He played for the Bills. Love Terrell Owens. Won't really say a lot of bad things about him. There's obviously the crying thing. There's the working out in the, the, the driveway thing when he was with the Cowboys or Eagles. I don't remember which one it was. And Tony, he never once, to my knowledge, ripped off his uniform and left and never, ref- well, I shouldn't say that because I think he refused to trade to the Ravens. So, nah, never mind. I was going to say something else. I <laughs> Take that back. But I don't think he's ever gotten called for sexual misconduct. I don't think Antonio Brown's ever played with a broken leg. So, I'm going to say Antonio Brown on that one. That is a little disrespectful to the boy, Terrell Owens. And <laughs> AB's on Twitter, super gremlin. What the fuck is this me? What the hell? I did. I actually. <laughs> oh my god! I think I'm gonna keep it in because it's kind of funny. I I'm actually lost for words now. I don't know what to say about Antonio Brown anymore. <laughs> never, never said the F word on the show before. I might just keep it in because it's kind of funny. I I really don't know what to say. <laughs> I don't know what to say about Antonio Brown anymore. I'm just at a loss for freaking words about Antonio Brown, but. Man, oh man. I hope you all had... <laughs> I think we're just going to close it out here. But I hope you did all have a good Christmas, a good New Year's party. I hope you had all enjoyed that. Good to be back. Now I got to go <laughs> get this show done with so I could write the stupid description for this stupid show. And then we'll be back on Wednesday, hopefully. We'll see how everything goes. And yeah, I, ho- I do hope you enjoyed the show. If not, I can only apologize for that. But again, make sure you go and follow me on all forms of social media, Twitter, Instagram, go and like the Facebook page, subscribe to the YouTube channel, and of course... Make sure you're following the Apple Podcast and Spotify account and give a rating on Apple Podcasts. I would greatly appreciate it. But yeah, have a good rest of your, or have a, I hope you had a good weekend. Hope you had a good New Year's. Hope you had a, got, got everything you wanted for Christmas. Apart from Iowa and Iowa State fans, I hope you guys got bowl wins this week. I'm excited to see Georgia and Alabama in the national championship game, the most predictable outcome ever. Oh, man. I almost forgot to do this, but hey, Kevin, uh, Michigan really looks like the number one team in the nation, don't they? <laughs> Because remember, our stipulation for Michigan being the number one team in the nation, since they're the number one team in the nation, Alabama's not, Michigan should have zero problems defeating Georgia by double digits. They got shit stumped 34 to 11. The game was never close. <laughs> and I, the, funny, the funny part about this, we watched it, it was on New Year's Eve, and one of my friends brought it up about, would Iowa be losing this bad? Uh, the team that's losing 27 to three to Georgia beat Iowa 42 to three. I think Iowa would be doing a little bit worse than what Michigan's doing right now. And I'm pretty sure Iowa don't have three first round dra- possible first round draft picks on defense. I don't think they have that. I don't think they have an Aiden Hutchinson, David Ojabo, or Jackson Hill on their team. I don't think they have that either. <laughs> I don't think so. Oh man, but the the least surprising college football playoff outcome of all time, and the people that wanted Baylor. In the college football playoff, screw off. We made fun of those people back then. I don't want a team that lost to TCU in the college football playoff. Georgia was the number one team the entire season. They lost to Bama. They're not dropping four spots. People wanted Notre Dame in there. Also, screw, screw off. Those I don't know why Notre Dame would be in there. I don't need to see Jack Cohn in the college football playoff. But yeah, the least surprising outcome happened. Michigan and <laughs> Cincinnati just weren't good enough. They're just not faster. They're just not well coached enough. They don't have the same players. Like, Easy out, easy, easily predictable. <laughs> I was not worried about this at all that Georgia and Alabama would win. I just thought, you know, Michigan might show up. <laughs> I thought that might be the case. They did not. Uh, they played worse than Cincinnati did. And the Cincinnati game, though, it was only 27 to 6. It could have been worse. 
it could have been worse and probably should have been worse in that game. Brian Robinson balled out 204 yards rushing in the game. James Cook balled out for Georgia in the game. Stetson Bennett, three touchdowns, and people said if he's the quarterback, they won't beat Michigan, and then look what happened. But, yeah, that, that I forgot to mention that I had to talk shit to Kevin a little bit because he was on the big Michigan as a – the number one team in the nation, and they just got shit stomped by a team that the real number one team in the nation beat by 20 points. So we're going to end it there, and that's the last I want to talk about it, too. So, yeah, with that being said, I hope you enjoyed the show. Again, this is the final, final send-off we'll have for the show. <laughs> hope you enjoyed the show. If not, I apologize. Make sure you go and follow me on all four social media again, and make sure you're following the Apple Podcast and Spotify account. This is Logan Blackman from the Logan Blackman Show. Good to be back. Happy 2022. I will see you all later. Peace.